Hello, and thank you for joining us on this episode of the Denfos Way. My name is Jack Rouse, and I'll be your host today. I'm a former Navy journalist and a current training instructor here at Denfos. Joining me today is Demetrius Holt. He's a pop culture icon who parlayed a love of cosplay and nerd culture into a platform and a brand designed to be a positive force for good in the black community. Demetrius leapt to fame in 2018 with his portrayal of He-Man at the Baltimore Comic Con, seeing his image reproduced all over the internet and resulting in a four-page article in Men's Health magazine. He took that initial push of views and engagement and created his own brand and develops content daily on multiple platforms to spread and reinforce his message of inclusivity and support in the community that he loves so much. He's now an actor and a producer and was at the helm of an award-winning documentary on Juneteenth and African Deities. He's also developed and produced a series of animated public service announcements designed to give black heroes more representation in the world of nerd culture and to bring awareness to black kids that their heroes exist everywhere. Today, Demetrius is the founder of Blurred and Powerful, an initiative aimed at helping and growing black-owned comic conventions, as well as providing community support to his fellow Blurreds who endure mental and emotional hardships every day. Finally, a character created in his likeness and inspired by his cosplay is on the cover of Dark Horse Comics' Masters of the Universe Masterverse issue number four, which is on store shelves right now and, in my mind, brings this part of his journey full circle. Demetrius, thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I just I was listening to you, and you just sound really good. I, I work hard on my intros. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to have to steal it from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I was, I was listening to you, and I was just thinking about how all of this started, and I remember seeing a couple of like children looking at the Black Panther poster, and they were just pointing to the, all the different characters, talking about that's me right there, no, that's me right there. I'm thinking like, when was the last time a couple of black children could see that and do that? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, was it Meteor Man, you know, or something like that? You know, it, there wasn't anything. There haven't, there hasn't been anything that really, um, really had black representation in such a mainstream way that kids can just see themselves and and it not be a uh, a, a drug dealer or you know a thug or something like you know when you think of like um new jack city you know what i mean it, it just it just bothers me so it and and looking at that seeing that you inherently want to fill that void you know, and that, that this was before I was a father. So, you know, I think it was just inherent to me. This, like, you know, why why not help where I can and see where where it goes from there? You know, so, yeah, that, that's just it's just something that you just made me think of. Excellent. You know, it's what's most interesting to me is um, having known you for a long time, the 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 platform that suddenly appeared to you mm-hmm. that you had, I know was unexpected. Um, your, your sort of meteoric rise to fame on the basis <laughs> of one picture right. um, was kind of amazing and really interesting. So can you talk a little bit about how that happened? Well, okay. So honestly, the, the, the cosplay was just any other cosplay. Like I had been doing cosplay at that point for 14 months. You know, I started in, uh, June or so of uh, 2017, and then I did uh, Baltimore Comic Con in 2018, and that's when I, I did it. And um, I had already been bodybuilding, or at least a bodybuilder, um, and competing in the NPC competitions for a few years at that point. And I had transitioned from that to just strictly cosplay. And I knew exactly what kind of you know look I wanted to have. It was something I've been keeping in my back pocket since I was four. <laughs> uh, something you know, the, just the afro and 
you know, just the look of it all has always something that's 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 stuck with me since I was a child. And, you know, I I I I did it and I thought it was just cool. There was a couple other people there that was dressed as like, you know, She Ra or, you know, even um even a skeletor, but it wasn't, you know, nothing big. And then it just felt like it happened slowly but also very quickly mm-hmm. where I started getting followers on Instagram and you know I went from like I think maybe 4400 followers to almost 8000 in like in 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 a, in a week and a half if that and it, for me that was a lot and then it was 10000 and then you know I was steady at at 11000 followers for a while and I'm thinking well I guess I guess something needs to be done you know I mean when you're gifted something like a platform, you know, you, you know, you can either go one or two ways with it. You know, you can go the way of like, well, I need to find a way to monetize this, or I need to find a way to do what's always been said to me, you know, and like, I'm a, I'm a child of the age, I'm 39 years old. So, you know, for so many years of my childhood, I was told, you know, you have the power, or I have the power, or may the power protect you, or, you know, just, as many He-Man quotes as you could fit in there. Yeah, for sure. Between that or Power Rangers or Captain mm-hmm. Planet, I mean, it was all there all the time. And, okay, I have this power, this ability to either galvanize people under one you know, specific goal for amount of time for a project or whatnot. Let's see what good can come from that. It's it's been it's been a harrowing experience. There's been positives, there's been negatives, but at the end of the day, there's there's been an impact one way or another. And um and everyone wants to leave some some level of like imprint on on the world, you know, for for the things that they've done. And I <laughs> I could I could selfishly say like yeah like two three years ago I could have just walked away that would have been just fine because <laughs> of all the different things that has happened but since then so much more has happened you know between getting an action figure a couple you know a couple action figures made in my image or you know now being on the cover of this this comic book you know that it's just I don't know man it's 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 all a lot to take in and I do it in a in a with a heavy heart because I know that a lot of people don't have these, these opportunities and, you know, taking anything for granted is not an option. You know, I'm pretty sure that if I was in my mid twenties, you know, I'd be a completely different dude, (laughs) but you know, uh, being close to 40 and, you know, staring your mortality in the face every day, you know, especially, you know, when, when you have just a, 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 you could throw your back out by picking up some paper. <laughs> That's a story I'm familiar with. Right. You know, you, you realize that you just need to, you know, do as much good as possible so that if something were to happen to you, you know, people will say nice things at your funeral and they will actually mean it. Leaving a, leg- a leaving a legacy behind, which as an instructor here at the Defense Information School is my number one goal. You know, oh, yeah? being able to leave something behind that you can point to that and say, you know, I did that. People now do this because it's the way I taught them to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is is just incredibly rewarding. So I know exactly what you mean. You know, I have a I have a, a crisis of a conscience sometimes. You know, because you you, it's like an existential issue with me. Like, cause I I wonder, do I do good things because I want people to say good things about me, or do I do good things because I am a good person? And so there's a level of narcissism that you that I think we all kind of like stride that line of like, well, it 
we need to leave a legacy because I'm that important or I need to leave a legacy because people could learn from what I leave behind, you know, and, and how do you discern the difference? You know, it's interesting because I, I have thought of similar things, right? You always wonder as a person, um, you know, whether, whether your, 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 um, your meaning is altruistic, right? I guess to, to say, but at the end of the day, what's most important, I think is the outcome, right? Regardless of what your intentions initially were, it's where you end up. Um, so regardless, you know, you can still be a force for good, even if your initial, uh, mission was not to improve the world around you, but maybe to just improve yourself and improving mm-hmm. the world around you became a byproduct. Mm-hmm. You still helped other people, you know? Yeah, okay. All right. I mean, that's a, that's an acceptable answer. This is one that you, yeah, it's definitely not the final answer. <laughs> and, 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 and honestly, that's something that I think we will never really find is a final answer. And those are one of those like really big questions that um, you can only solve just by living your life and how you live your life from there. Hundred percent. And you know the choices you make. <laughs> you know I don't know. It's 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 all really difficult, and I'm excited to see where it takes me, but it does not make it any less scary. You know because you don't know if you're making the right decision. Or if you're making the only decision, a hundred percent. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, you know, it's interesting when um, when this sort of all started for you. I don't think it was your intention to become the number one Google search result if you Google Black He Man. <laughs> Uh, I didn't really think that was what you were after, but that is now one of the, your legacies, right? Mm-hmm. You you are that character. How did it developing? the brand and message that you wanted to get across come from that moment? Did it take you, did it happen right away? Was it something that you considered afterward and developed slowly over time? Did it come fully formed? How no, did that come to be? It, it came over time and paying attention to the community. You know I mean, um, as a cosplayer who entered the community of cosplay and nerdum and geekdom in my mid thirties, you know, it's a completely different world than, just living as a civilian, just mm-hmm. living as somebody who just goes to conventions and just, you know, buys a couple of comics or action figures and be done with it. Um, I, again, I come from the era of like Ed Bundy and, <laughs> and, and the original Simpsons and, you know, like that's, it's in my mindset to be kind of dismissive of the idea of like depression or trauma or anything like that. But Becoming a part of the community, I see that that permeates the entire, you know, sect of, of folks. You know, through every echelon in the community, there is somebody that has suffered through something, that is going through something now, or, you know, is is still like recovering. You know, what I mean, so it's it, it, developing a um, a sense of compassion because again, I'm not a selfish person. I'm just not someone who. Has, has ever really delved into my feelings in a way where going to therapy was something that was acceptable, you know, or something that was recommended. I was never in that that space. And now it's all the talk. Now it's all of, you know, it's a part of our, our of our social, you know, uh, uh, atmosphere to be aware of how, how much good therapy can do for, for all of us because we all come from 
different levels of trauma. We just don't make, we just may not acknowledge them to be trauma. And then there's the, the presence of, of the, the, the presence of having, you know, an entity at San Diego that would cater to the, the black uh, community, you know, that would, you know, have people feel at home in a place they've never really felt at home before. And then translating that to, well, shoot, you know, how can we have this be something we feel throughout the year? And that's where the logo became a part of the things. You know, you start building things out based on the need and, and like the real need, not the need, not the monetary need, but the real need of the people that you wish to serve. And that's how I believe growing a brand or growing um, a movement really works. Because, you know, I pay attention to Stacey Abrams, you know, grassroots, you know, uh, funding, grassroots, you know, knocking on doors, word of mouth, that kind of initiative, that kind of, you know, like leather shoes, you know, hitting the pavement type of deal is what matters to people because they get like a, a, a real personal touch from you. Yes. And it's not like you're just another grifter trying to get a couple of dollars out of them. You actually care. You actually care that their child is wearing, you know, something that, em that empowers them to do something good for their own community. You yeah. know? So, you know, again, like you, you asked me about the branding and how it all starts and stuff. The way that I think brands can grow is if truly, if it's, if it's from your heart, if it's something that you, you, you live by every single day and it's not something you just put on because you want to make a couple of dollars. So we know that your brand is essentially it's superhero in imagination becomes a superhero in real life mm. or cosplayer becomes a force for good. Right. Mm -hmm. And your messaging is all about inclusivity. It's about community. It's about doing better and representing your culture and your community more fully in the overall world of pop culture and nerddom. Right. Mm -hmm. So knowing that and knowing that you have to be on all of these platforms, creating content to do that every day, how do you decide what content to create and how do you make sure that folks engage with your content? Well, the there. Okay. So you can start with research. When are the best times to post on Instagram? When are the best times to post on, on TikTok to try to get this, the most engagement as possible? That sometimes that's that's fair sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't you know but there is a certain level of consistency that you are re you're required to have you know you are i've noticed that there are certain people that that see my post every single day they comment or i engage with them because at the end of the day i think they're cool or they might have something fun to say or excuse me i I don't know. I just I just feel like it's a natural thing for me to do is just to post something every single day. Um, but then I'm also working enough to have something to post. You know, a lot of people, they they fall from consistency or they fall from levels of 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 being seen because they are they have some projects and then they just stop talking about it or, you know, and, and, and I say this about creatives because creatives there's a certain type of stigma that comes with creators that, you know, they're always depressed or there's something going and something emotional always happening when it's just life is, is lifing. And, 
you know, being of the mindset that you have to put something out there to let people remind people that you still exist type deal is really a lot for some folks. And, you know, uh, some people are built for it. Some people aren't, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, if you want something to succeed, you'll push past those limits that you have in order to get, you know, a little bit further. And that's, what's important. That's what's necessary. Um, the algorithms always reward those who are consistent. And you ask me, how do I choose what to post or how to post? Or the more I speak on it, the more I realize that my content is kind of dictated by those who follow me. Sure. Yeah. You know, and what I hear you saying is that consistency is important. I hear you saying that um, knowing your audience and what they want is important Mm -hmm. and that following uh, sort of the algorithm and knowing what that's telling you is important, but it's not the most important thing. Being true to yourself Mm -hmm. and your message is more important than what the algorithm says. Yeah. You know, and so there are, I mean, of course, how much money do we all have to work with? And if someone is pushing a narrative or pushing a an, uh, uh, an initiative that would require some dollars from you, you have to really look, check your, 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 your accounts. You have to really check your pennies to make sure if that's something that you truly want to invest in because you don't have that much money to work with. But if you are fortunate to be able to um, to garner those types of uh, folks to help you out in that way, then you have to do right by them. Mm-hmm. There's no, there, there is no excuse for, you know, just taking someone's money and then just absconding with it or just doing it in frivolous ways. No, it all helps everything. Everything that people invest in when it comes to me gives them either a representation or uh, on some level, whether it be a, a short film or it gives them an IMDb credit. You know, or, you know, it gives it gives folks the sense that they can be more than what they have been because, you know, no one's ever told them before, or at least they weren't really paying attention that they can be more because they yes. you, now you're the example. And I think that's the key to why your message is as popular as it is and continues to get more popular. And that's because people can see that it is representing something larger than yourself. It's an ideal mm-hmm. for everyone to shoot for. And I think people can get behind a powerful message when it's clearly a force for good. But see, that's with, with the community that I'm in, there are so many lessons that you know, that, that dictate that, and you just have to really pay attention to the fact that that's, that they're there, you know, like it, it's really antithetical to what you say that you want to be. If you start, if you get a platform and don't do anything positive with it. If only everyone thought that way, right? <laughs> if only everyone thought, what can I do with this platform that is a force for good? Um, you know, your platform and your brand has gotten you in some really unique places that a lot of other people um, might not know how to get to. So, for instance, you've had meetings with Netflix, with Marvel, um, with Hasbro, uh, Mattel. I'm sorry, not Hasbro, with Mattel. Well, uh, well with Hasbro, too. Uh, you know, <laughs> you've, you've had some meetings with some really large corporations and with some very big entertainment properties. Mm-hmm. How did you get in front of those people? Um, well... It's honestly just putting out the good work and enough people sharing it actually catches the eye of whomever you're not aiming to get, but just someone that just happens to do it. Um, Last year, 
was it? Yeah, it was early. It was February of last year. I was trying out a, oh no, um, I was uh, getting fitted for my Hawkman suit for uh, that was a I was redesigned from the Hawkman from uh, Black Adam, and it 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 kind of went mini viral, and um, Aldous Hodge ended up sharing it. You know, he's the actor who played Hawkman in the Black Adam movie, and. It's from that one time that he shared it on his story, I ended up meeting him at San Diego Comic-Con and then again at the at the at the Black Adam premiere. And now I'm in business with him, you know, on a on, on a certain level um, where we're he may he has become a producer on one of the shows that I'm working with for. You know, it's it's crazy how that, that happened within a year, you know, um, being consistent. And, and actually doing quality work and not doing everything. You know, if you if you live in the character or if you live in whatever brand you have and you you bring that to its fullest potential, people see it. I don't want to say flood the market with your with your image and you just get seen, you know, but, but put your stuff out there. But put your stuff out there yeah. and make sure it's quality. You know, there's there's a there's, it's rare that there's a bad photo out of me out there. You know, and it's not because I'm like cocky or anything, but I'm like I'm not going to put out trash, nor am I going to take trash either. Yeah, exactly. So what I hear you saying, message wise, is again, be consistent, mm-hmm. um, live your brand and your message both online and off, mm-hmm. and you'll never know where that message is going to get. So make sure that your content is always of the best possible quality. Yeah. I'm, I'm always going to say your work ethic has to be a one. Your work ethic has to be clean, crisp, consistent so that anybody can always look at what you've done and not see any, you know, uh, dips in quality. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no reason to put out bad stuff if you can control what you're, what you're creating. Exactly. Exactly. You know, when you talk about your mission and when you talk about the genesis of it, it seems to me that this was um, something that was already there for you. So would you say that your your message and your branding aligns with your core values of who you yeah. are? Yeah, it, it's that's why it's so easy to talk about. That's I mean, it's it's not forced. And the and it doesn't matter who if I'm speaking to elementary school elementary school kids or high school kids or you know groups of men in their own group you know in their um and like in their organizations everything comes across as a very passionate and embroiled even frustrated sense because what I'm saying to people has been said to me since I was a child. Why am I saying it to adults who feel like they've never been, who's, they've never had that said to them before? I don't know. You know, why am I here to push something that just makes so much sense, you know, in order for all of us to feel some level of solidarity, some level of, of unity so that we can all prosper together? You know, people are really, you know, beholden to this idea that the table for people to be at and be successful is really small. And I don't ascribe to that. The table is as large as you want, as, as, as we want it to be. You just have to be in the kitchen to cook a little longer to be able to sit down and to eat with the rest of us. You know what I mean? And if it's not ready, keep cooking. 
You know, there's there's no amount of time, there's no deadline on you putting something out there that embodies you and that you can be proud of. You know, because if if you put out a bad product, people will remember that more than the good ones. You know, it's something that I say all the time. You can put out 100 great pieces of video or 100 great articles, but you put out one bad one and you forgot to spell check. Mm-hmm. And that's the only one anybody will ever talk about. Right. You know, and why do you want to have that out there for the rest of your life? Or why do you want to have that be, be out there that to have folks ding on that as opposed to um, anything positive that you've put you've put out there? I don't understand. So knowing that your message and your branding is an extension of your values, it's easier to be consistent with your message because it's always the same and it's coming from the same place. You're not faking anything, right? right. No. So when we talk about um, sort of how your branding and messaging engages your audience, would you say it's easier to get buy-in from them when they can see that it's an honest and open feeling? Yeah, because I, I say things that in the most tactful way possible that they have always either been thinking or feeling. You know, there's there's nothing about my message that doesn't make sense. And you can't say that I don't know what I'm talking about because if you've been paying attention to me being in the community, I have been through all of these types of trenches. I have, I've had to navigate dealing with trolls or dealing with people who happen to be racist or, you know, dealing with different ways to, to respond to controversy, you know, and I've had to suffer the consequences for not making the right decisions sometimes, you know, in a very public way. So, you know, I, I speak and folks can point to receipts that say, well, Demetrius knows what he's talking about. You do not attack people who do not serve you or who will never serve you. You know I mean? You don't want to have your, your whole, the whole of your emotions in black and white, you know, the first thing you want to do if you want to handle these trolls is to stop thinking of them as trolls. Think of them as algorithm boosters. You know, if you're able to step outside of whatever emotional response they're trying to get out of you and realize this is an opportunity to look articulate, to look intelligent, to look like you know how to handle someone giving you an opposing message to what you're trying to get out there, then if you're trying to be doing if you're trying to do this on a professional level, Companies may see that they may tr- they may be able to start trusting how you respond to things, because that means that they won't put their brands in danger by dealing with a firebrand. You know, then another another solution to the problem, get yourself a small group of people that you can that you can go to in a group chat and vent do all of the things. Consider if you even need to respond to this. You know, have these people that you trust and let and listen to them. You know, give them an opportunity to help guide you and for you to build that friendship with them and you'll always have a core. You won't have somebody that you won't have a group of friends that that are fickle, you know, that are that are, that, that are as shifty as the wind goes because you may or may not be popular at the time. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And not just that too, but memories are forever, but so is the internet. Anything that you post on social media or anywhere, frankly, is lives forever. Mm-hmm. So every word has to be considered. Right. You know, and, and a lot of folks are trying to do this creative thing so that they don't have to do a nine to five. 
you know, and if they're out there not really knowing how to go about it and they've got the wrong information, we're doing the next generation a disservice, you know, and I'm speaking not only as somebody who has gotten a lot of counsel from, from, from gentlemen who are older than me, but I'm also speaking now as a father and now speaking as somebody who has a platform that I have to take some level of responsibility because great power comes great freaking responsibility, you know, and, and, and I have to make sure that anything that I put out there makes sense to them so that they can truly consider the next step that they take. Because if I'm being, I've got kids following me for goodness sakes. You know, I can't be haphazard in whatever mis- message I'm sending. And, and if, I'm, if I'm looking at someone doing the, the exact opposite on the other end of the spectrum that I'm doing, then the evil of men succeed when good men do nothing. You know, again, these lessons that have been taught to us time after time, year after year, you know, why are we not applying them? Right. And I think that is what has helped you get to where you are, is learning these lessons like this over time. Because there is no class for brand new influencers or <laughs> brand new brand new famous no. people about how to deal with trolls, right? No. Um, so it's interesting because when I ask you these questions and I hear you talk about the things and the lessons that you've learned, they mirror a lot of what we discuss here at Dinfos and the ways that we want students to create their content and to to deal with controversy and and, and that kind of thing and to be consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, the lessons that you're, you're saying are the same lessons that we impart to our students. And it's interesting to me that you learned that same thing from, say, the, the School of Hard Knocks as opposed to the School of Public Affairs and Journalism. Right. Well, I mean... Some things are ubiquitous, you know, and it, that's when life, you know, I was actually talking to my mother about it today that it's just, it's just weird that the, the, the teachers that we had when we were children, we are their age now. If my, maybe not a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older, I don't know, but it's weird that we are in now the positions to impart knowledge and people actually take us seriously. <laughs> and, and that means that Everything truly does have to be considered. You, it's not everyone's calling to be a teacher. It's not everyone's, you know, place in life to, to be in this type of position. But if you just happen to find yourself there because that's the trajectory that life gave you, then you have to really embody it or, or, or else it's wasted. You know, why waste the opportunity when someone else could possibly be doing better than you? You know, honestly, like, and that's my issue with Terry Crews. Like, everyone keeps looking at him to be He-Man. I'm thinking, if you don't care about the character like that, step aside and let those who do, do what they do. You know, and if that's what you see yourself doing is you're just taking up space, acknowledge that and be like, and think it's okay. Just, just move so that other folks can, can do better. A few minutes ago, you touched on um, having a support group, right? How important has having a peer group to to talk to about this sort of thing, to run ideas off of? Has it been important to have uh, people around you? Well, everyone needs a counsel to counsel. You know what I mean? And there was a time where every – and this, this is what Twitter is, what, what – thoughts written in that moment or something. I don't know what Twitter, Twitter, Twitter has actually been known as an, an acronym for some reason. I don't know. What, but, but anyways, having every thought be expressed in a written form 
is a terrible idea <laughs> because people don't know when to stop, you know, and having a group of friends or having a therapist or, or having a trusted confidant alleviates that need to get it out on, in a public space, you know, and, you know, I'm not saying curtail what you say in order to look a way that you aren't that because you know if that's that veil is going to be just that veil is going to become exposed quick fast in a hurry yeah you got to be authentic you gotta be authentic but not everything you think needs to be said out loud and then if it is said out loud say it to people who will either laugh it off or tell you that's that's messed up don't don't say that you know publicly you know and, and you have to you have to realize that okay that's something that's not for public consumption, but that's an that's an internal joke, you know, and it's it's wholly important because again, you don't want to be beholden to something that you said 15 years ago, and sure. it comes back to bite you now. You know, I I'm always trying to remind our students that that we don't exist in a vacuum, right? And that you, even if you may be writing a social media post for your unit or your command or your base, there are peers for you to, to run your ideas off of, to talk to before you post things, to make sure that what you're posting is appropriate and correct, as well as authentic and, and similar to the voice and tone that you're trying to create. And knowing that you're part of a larger organism that can give you help, even when you're trying to do your own individual thing, mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's an important resource for everyone to take advantage of. To, to tie this to, to, to the military, both of my parents are, are Air Force. And I did have an Air Force scholarship when I went to North Carolina A&T State University. And, you know, the, the mechanical engineering program was something that I just did not really, like, take to. Um, so I did not finish that. But while I was there, I did go to field training. I did have a lot of, like, military um, uh, well, also, I'm, I'm former Capitol and Pentagon police, so there is a level of teamwork building that has come from a, a government source. And the idea of bouncing your ideas off of the people that you are leading in order to be a more effective leader is has been ingrained within me. You know, I might be the the, the tip of the spear, but there is no spear without the rest of it. You know, and everyone else that's supporting you is essential. For, you know, for the success, no one does this on their own. No one can do this on their own. And if they said that they did it on their own, they're lying to you. And therefore, I wouldn't work with them. You know, so I'm, I'm always quick to thank and, uh, and, and credit those who have been, you know, willing to work with me because they didn't have to. And if they, if they choose to, I'm going to do all that I can to make sure that they get the credit for their work and that I talk about them as much as I possibly can. Yeah. You yeah, because they're important to your mission, they're to important. achieving your goals. Not only are they important to the mission, they are the mission. You know, if I am not here to help them out, then what am I doing? You know, and that, that happens to be for the kids, that happens to be for the community, that happens to be for, you know, the, 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 the businesses that I want to support. You know, and it's just, that's just it. If you see the people that you work with as the folks that you are, that you're working for, then you won't let anything stop you. Absolutely. You know, when this journey started for you, when the, how we've come full circle to Blurred and Powerful, you, you 
began as a, you got famous for a cosplay of He-Man. Mm-hmm. And then as we record this podcast, uh, a character that was created in your likeness based on your cosplay is on the cover of a He-Man comic book that is on store shelves right now. Yeah. What is that feeling like? It's like a, it's a dream of becoming a superhero coming true, but it's, it's not in the traditional sense of like, oh, I'm a, I'm a movie actor or, you know, someone just, no, it's, it's actually embodying the character that you just happen to have in the back of your mind since you were a child and to reconcile all of that and, 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 and think like this really happened. I, I, I'm still grappling with it. I'm still, I'm still grappling with it where it's, it, it makes me emotional. It makes me feel like I just like there's there's more to do, but then I don't know what there what else there is to do to just satisfy that kid in me, except for just continuing to pass on whatever I have to 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 eat to my son, you know. And I don't know, man. It's weird. It's weird. It's like I. I I gave my son my action figure one time and he's and I asked him did he know who that was and at 2 years old he said that's you. You know and it's weird. <laughs> um with great power comes man, great responsibility. It, There's no other way to put it. It's, <laughs> Spider-Man said it perfectly. It's weird cuz you just you just don't think that you're going to be the characters that you have up on the wall. You know? Yeah, because I have a bunch of action figures and comics and stuff that's just tacked to my wall, and just you just don't think you're going to be one of them, you know. And the fact that it happened, thanks. The fact that it it happened is just it's surreal. It's it's not it's it's real, but it's not. So you had an opportunity to hear me talk about the schoolhouse to take a quick tour um, walking around and to hear a little bit about what we do and what our students do and what our mission is here. And one of the questions that we always ask every guest on the podcast is, what does the Dinfos way mean to you? So I will ask you that, knowing what you know, uh, even briefly about what we do here, what does the Defense Information School way mean to you? As of right now, it just means legacy. You know, what you all are doing here is you're passing on the knowledge to make other journalists better, you know, and you're, you're, you're training them to check their work, you know, be able to take the criticism that they're going to receive, you know, and be able to handle things in a way that makes them more affluent in their craft than just throwing them out to the wolves and allowing them to just figure it out on their own. You know, I, I, the Denfos way to me as of right now, it means so much more than just, oh, well, you know, we're just, we're just here in this school. No, there's a real legacy that's here. And I mean, knowing you the way that I do and the passion that you have for it, you know, I, I, I don't think those kids are, are in better hands. You know, these, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of special. What is the best piece of advice that you have for someone who wants to learn from you, who wants to create their own brand, to develop their own message appropriately, and not just do it short term, but do it for the long term? Make sure it's you. 
make sure it's all you and not a derivative of someone else or something that you have to put on like a facade or anything like that or a facade that you have to put on. No, don't. If you're passionate about something, everything that that comes out your mouth will come out effortlessly, you know, and you'll be able to embody what you're saying day in and day out without having to try, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it. Whereas there's times where I forget that home and work needs a balance. So, you know, between being yourself and being able to distance yourself from, from what you're doing all from all the time in order to breathe, all of that's important. You know, work-life balance is important. Consistency is important. But being truly who you are to yourself, that's the most important thing. Excellent. Thank you so much, Demetrius, for joining us today. I can't tell you how much uh, I've learned. I, I alone have learned um, from listening to you and the answers that you've given. So I appreciate you very much. And uh, again, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thank you. Still listening? If you're interested in more than just podcasting, make sure you tune in Wednesday, August 23rd for the Dinfo Social Media Forum on our official YouTube channel and on our website, www.dinfos.dma.mil. The two-day event will have numerous speakers covering different aspects of social media, the digital environment, and technology. Follow the Dinfo Social Media channels for updates on the event.